Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. This week's episode of Book Cheat is brought to you by Audible. Right now, for a limited time, you can get three months of Audible for just $6.95 a month. That's more than half off the regular price. And all you've got to do is go to audible.com slash bookcheat or text bookcheat to 500-500. Hello and welcome to Book Cheat, the book club podcast where I've read the book so you don't have to. My name is Dave Warnicke and on each episode of this show we look at one of the classics. And joining me to look at such a classic this week from the Kentucky Fried Chatton podcast, it's Xavier Michaelides. Thank you for having me. And from her upcoming Melbourne International Comedy Festival show, Glory Box, we're joined by Sonia Diorio. Hello. Friends, hello, how are you? Good. Very good. I'm ready to learn. You ready to rock? Books. Yes, we're here for books. I'm very literate. Yeah. So you're both literate. That's good. Yeah. Heaps. I'm just. <laughs> not heaps. <laughs> Look, I'm, I mad, think I'm mad literate. You are, we wouldn't be the first non-literate guest on the show so far, mm-hmm. or probably listener as well, people that can't read. They're like, well, I don't need to read. I've got this podcast. Yeah, mm-hmm. listen. Don't read. Listen. I've always <laughs> said that. If you're at home and you can't read, just listen to me and I'll tell you. About? Books. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> You've also got a book show. I've got another book show. It's the exact same thing as this. <laughs> okay, great. And I'm trying to bring this one down from the inside. That's my whole reason for coming on. Oh, no. I know. You've made a mistake, Dave. Oh, no. You just Dave, gonna... put the gun away. Yeah, I'm going to shoot you in the face. I was wondering why you had a gun. I just thought that was one of your bits. Yeah. I thought they were kind of illegal in Australia. Well, I got my hands on one. Yeah. I hid it in a book. <laughs> have you ever, I've, really, I've always wanted to do one of those things where you hollow out a thick book and hide something in it. Have I have. Like what? You've actually, you've actually. I've, I've actually done that. What, what have you hidden in there? Drugs. Yeah, drugs. Was it? Um, was it the Bible? <laughs> it was the Bible. I had a little mini Bible in there. Just the New Testament. That's where the good stuff is. And I hid that inside uh, the uh, no, the Old Testament. I hid the Old Testament inside the New Testament. All right, I made that part up. But I did hollow out a book and I cut out all the pages and I glue it back together. But it doesn't work like that. The pages have to be glued perfectly together and they didn't glue perfectly together. So it didn't close that well from then on. So it didn't really work What were that you well. going to put in it? I can't say. This is a show for high school children. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I see. How long did that take? Um, yeah, probably Sunday afternoon, whole whole afternoon. Mm, it's a long time for a failed experiment. <laughs> hey, you got to fail to learn. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what this podcast is all about. Is that, that's the tagline of your book podcast. Yes, yeah. You got to fail to learn where I, I fail to read books. <laughs> and I say, hey, well, at least I learned something. By not reading By books. not reading <laughs> yeah, a book. Fair enough, fair enough. That I couldn't read this book. I've learned that. I can't read this book. No, you can't because you've cut out all the text. You yeah, just cut out everything. You just have, the pages you just have the borders and then the page number in the corner. I don't know what's going on in this book. I cut out all the pages out. <laughs> um, yeah, but I've done it. But you've never done that, Sonia? 
hollowed out a book. Yeah, come on. That's right. I mean, we've all, we've all done it in this room except for you. <laughs> no. so well, you've done that as well. I haven't done it. I just wanted to make you yeah. feel like you were missing out on a, a pastime. Oh. I thought about it. But I'm not Why? good at art and or craft, and it seems like a combination of those two things coming together. Mm. So I don't think I'd be any good. I think if I did it again and I used a, a really good Stanley knife, it would have worked easier. But I was using just prop, just scissors, and I was folding pages and then cutting into square and then unfolding them again. It was. It took a long time. <laughs> that is ridiculous. It really was. But it's very seedy. What yeah. You were up to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine, imagine, like, I was in a share house. Luckily, my housemate didn't come home and see me do that, just folding and, hey, man, what's going on? Luckily. Well, I always ask the guests uh, if, they're, if they're a big reader now or they've ever been a big reader in the, in the past because I started the show because I stopped reading mm-hmm. in my adult years and this really contractually makes me do it every two weeks. Uh, so. Your own contract. Yeah, that's right. And with the devil. True. Okay. Yeah. Of course. As all podcasts uh, sell their souls. <laughs> Sonia, have you ever been a big reader or are you a big reader now? No and also no. Fantastic. You've come to the right place. <laughs> I was br- I was in a book club though. Oh, My okay. friends and I, yeah, a few friends and I started a book club. Um, yeah, like month one we met up, talked about books. Uh, month two met up, talked about the book, had some drinks, had some food, Month three, I think it was just the drinks. So it <laughs> very quickly turned into a booze club. That's just so a drinking good. club once a month. Yeah. And it was there was one member that obviously wanted it. The start of very very well read person. Sorry, who last year read. Oh, I want to say sixty over sixty. I don't know something over very sixty high. books. Yeah. And so you're all like boozing on, and they're like, "Sorry, just to bring it back to Jane Austen <laughs> yeah. for a second, guys." And I'm like, "Hey." Is that? There's there's a lot of that in this show as yeah. well. We go off on tangents. Yeah, I'm like, who anyway, is Jane Austen? To bring it back yeah. to Jane Austen. It's always back to Jane Doesn't Austen. Doesn't sound yeah. very famous. To no, me. we we got to find out who Jane Austen character is because I've never heard of them. It it's could be the, anyone. It's the ongoing question on this show. Yeah, we're slowly solving that. We're slowly solving it. But you, Zave, are you a a reader? I'm a a reader every now and again. I'm not a constant. I'm not like a weekly reader or bi weekly, even monthly. But if a new, <laughs> but yearly, but yearly on the J- January first, you always every read one page. century I get up through a book. No, I think every time, How like if a you? if a John Ronson book comes out, I read that thing cover to cover really quickly. I'm a really big fan of John Ronson. Um, and then if it's like a random book, like the last book I probably read, um, I went out and bought this book was uh, what was it called? That stupid. Um, Steven Spielberg made it into a movie, and it's like a teenage um, fiction sci-fi. Oh um, yeah, what Ready was Player called? One. Yeah, Ready Player One. Um, and was the book that. good? Oh, it's fine. It was like a. It was like a fun. I heard a lot of people give that book shit. I think it's a fine book to read. Like it's like a fun little sci-fi Easy thing. Easy going. I read it in you know two days, basically. You know, and it was great. Um, and what's the last book you ever cut out? The last book out. I cut out, John Ronson. For every, legal every, purposes. Every book I finish, I then turn it into a place <laughs> to hide things. Um, that's the, you know, some people donate their books. They put them in one of those little mobile book libraries, like a book fridge. Not me. You make sure no one can ever read that book no, again. No one will read it and I'll put my little special hidden things There's in there. There's so much extra storage in your house. Yeah, yeah. Because every bookshelf is a place to hide stuff. You'd have thousands and thousands of small places to hide things. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Who knows what's going to be. Which we all there. need. Yes. For yeah. the impending so apocalypse. He's got thousands of things too high. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm watching you. You've got to watch out. Because, yeah, because I've got a gun. 
<laughs> yeah. He picked it up again, guys. Uh, I, oh, I better start the show then. Um, <laughs> so uh, it's great to have such accomplished readers on the show. Thank you so much for coming no along. Uh, I'm sure you've read this book. The classic we're going to talk about today is uh, The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Mm-hmm. I've not read it. No, you haven't read this? No. My goodness. No, no I haven't read it. How crazy is that? Okay, yeah, neither. someone who doesn't read it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I already know what's going to happen in this. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So it's got a huge pop culture sort of thing. and It's very well known. And, uh, you know, there's a bit of a twist that we all probably know. Yeah. Be surprised if anyone listening doesn't doesn't know that. Spoiler alert. But there are yeah. stuff that I, when I was reading this, go- yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> basically, this show is a spoiler alert. Yeah. Yeah. It's all spoilers. It's 100% spoilers. That's, yeah. all, that's all we do here. Yeah. All spoilers, no foil, spoilers. <laughs> We're here to spoil your day. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we don't just spoil books. We spoil lives. Yes. Yeah. Hey, kids, are you ready to spoil your dinner and your life? <laughs> well, read a book. <laughs> Does that make sense? It know. ruins a dinner. Yeah, totally. I think it would. Uh, but So it's uh, by Scottish author Robert Louis Stevenson. Uh, first published in 1886. It was written three years after the success of Treasure Island, his other big one. Oh, I didn't know he did both. Yeah. That's and written cool. in the same year as his other famous story, Kidnapped. Oh, okay. I don't know that. What's right. that? No. Uh, someone gets kidnapped. Whoa. Controversial. Wow. Repeat, please. Yeah. Kidnapped. I feel like I may have spoiled it by reading out the title of the book. <laughs> Uh, so that was a big year for Robert, 1886. It was initially sold it was as a, a big year for all of us. Oh, yeah. To be honest. yeah. I don't even remember it. That's how <laughs> yeah, big it was. Me too. It was huge. It initially sold as a paperback in the UK. And at the time, cheap paperbacks like this were nicknamed Penny Dreadfuls or A Shilling Shocker. <laughs> Just go and go get a shilling shocker. <laughs> you feel a big sense of achievement. You've published a work and then people are referring to it as a shilling shocker. Did but you just pen another shilling shocker? <laughs> I'll, I'll give me a break. I've worked yeah. real hard on this one. Yeah, at Christmas when you're yeah, auntie and uncle are asking what, what you've been doing yeah. with your life. As comedians, we probably all know that. Um, and that was back when, like, even reading books, you could make fun of someone for that. No, like, now it's like, it's a badge on. It's like, I read so many books. It's really cool. Everyone thinks you're great. But back then it's like, get your head out of that book, you nerd. <laughs> Go outside and get some fresh air. You, you get your head. Everyone would always say that. Get your head out of that book. They hated what, books. What, in the 1880s? 1880s. Yeah. Because, well, also because you could, you know, die. Yeah, because it was the 80s. Everyone just wanted to party. Everyone wanted to party yeah. back in the 1880s. Everyone was having a great time. It was the real 80s. Yeah. 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 Yeah, funny the 1880s. It's just like the every 80s is sort of the yes. same. They're riding around on horses, but they're still listening to Cindy Lauper. Like. <laughs> Uh, so it was because it's called a shilling shocker. So people had low low hopes for it. Okay, but within six months, close to forty thousand copies were sold, which is at the time is, is huge success. Yeah, but you're only making a shilling per copy. So. <laughs> yeah, forty thousand shilling. Yeah, it's not much. That's only about ten bucks. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, ten pounds. That's only about ten pounds. Yeah, but you could buy like a village. <laughs> That's true. You could <laughs> buy then. you could buy ten horses in a castle for ten pound. That's true. Yeah, it, it, it's the real ladies. Am I right? Yeah, that's the real ladies. Lots of cocaine and <laughs> people on horseback. Uh, it was probably one shilling. Yeah, for a, coca- for a cocaine. For a cocaine. Oh, for one cocaine, please. Can I have one a cocaine, shilling? please? Well, give me a shilling. <laughs> yes, thank you. It's uh, since gone on to be one of the most frequently adapted novels in history, which oh. is probably like for stage, radio, TV, Screen? film, which is why people mm. probably know it so well. So since that time, it's never really gone out as a story. Mm. So we, we refer to things now as like a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde type. It's type become film. its own genre, really. Yeah, which is 
quite an impressive thing for a penny dreadful to go on to do. Yeah. Uh, get people to suggest books, and this was actually suggested by Alex. And I say, where are you from? Like, they fill out a little form, which if you want to suggest books in the description of this episode, it says, who are you? What's the book? Where are you from? And uh, he just wrote, or she just wrote, Alex, where are you from? From Frittenden Road. Frittenden Road? <laughs> they wrote their road, but no, nothing else. Wow. So we can't track them down. So, no, I don't know where Frittenden Road is. If I Google it live, what will come Sounds up? like Alex has a lot of things to hide, too. Yeah. A lot well, of books at Alex's house with holes in them. Well, I think that Alex might be living at Frittenden Road Railway Station in Kent or on the Kent and East Sussex Railway. Yeah, right. It was uh, closed in 1954. The wooden station building lay derelict for years and was destroyed by fire in October 2003. You're telling me a ghost sent this thing? <laughs> yeah, maybe, Alex. Alex where, isn't alive. Where were you in 2003? I burnt it down. <laughs> it's very suspicious. But what do you say we crack into this Penny Dreadful? Well, can I quickly say how I think I heard about how Oh, yeah, so I, before I, I mentioned uh, off-air about the book. What, we have conversations we off-air, just yeah, so everyone right. knows. I don't we don't out. all hate each other. I usually yeah. try to avoid talking to my guests beforehand. Uh, <laughs> like a deadly quiet room. room. Yeah. Just, you press play and go, now speak. <laughs> that would be a weird way to run it. You may look me in the eyes for the duration of the podcast only. <laughs> and yeah. then eyes down. Yes. Yeah. Now, speak. Tell me, Sylvia. I was watching a documentary. I think it was about dreams, and it talked about how when you drift off to sleep, that's when you first start having very strange, your subconscious takes. So I haven't had very strange thoughts. I don't know if you've ever had that, where you just start to have little weird thoughts as you drift off. Mine are mostly I'm walking along and I fall over. Right, and then you jump and then you wake up and you're like, oh, like that. I love that feeling. Do you like it? It makes Makes you feel alive. Mine's I'm falling out of a tree. (laughs) Really? I always feel like I'm in a tree and then I fall out and I'm like, oh, like that. But anyway, the author of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, Uh, The story goes that he had the idea for this story while he was drifting off to sleep and he started like screaming and moaning in his sleep and going, oh, like that. And his wife woke him up and then he was annoyed because he was having this dream of a great story and he said, from memory, that's what I think what he said, and he goes, you shouldn't have waked me, woman. I was having a spine chiddler. (laughs) And um, (laughs) please someone look that up. I think I think that's the story that I saw in this documentary. It basically was saying how you know we you come up with some very creative things as you drift off to sleep. And- right, right. But so, do you think that if she hadn't have woke him up, he may have lost that? And well, maybe- he still. I think he just sounds like he was a bit of an old prick and was mean to his <laughs> wife because he still wrote the story and calmed down. She was waking up because she was well, screaming. He. Was, he- was it around in the 1880s? 1880s. He's not going to be good, is he? No, he's not going <laughs> to be a gonna nice... He's going to be a terrible person. You're always going to be a, a horrible man. A man. man in the 1880s. And he would have been a good man back then, is a terrible man now. Yeah. Like a stand-up bloke would say, he was a good man. Sure, he beat his wife and he owned slaves, but he was a good man, you know. Like at that, heart. At heart. At heart. That was... But that was just good. Not even you don't have to say at heart. Like, <laughs> right. That was just a good person. That was a was regular person doing regular things. Yeah, I feel so, like yeah. we can judge the past now, but in the future we will all be seen as terrible. I know. Terrible well, the same people. thing will happen to us. I know. It's going to be yeah. wild. You're looking forward to the time when everyone hates you. But, you, but when you're old enough, say so you're, you're 80 plus, you don't care anymore. No. No, I'm going to be, you know, I'll just be a, a, my my personality into some sort of computer and people will talk to me to find out about things from the past. So they will expect it. They won't be surprised. They'll be like, okay, well, you're you're from, you know, 2019. What can we expect? Yes, that's right. I'm going to die this year. I just predicted that. (laughs) And then be turned into a computer. Is that 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 Steven Spielberg movie again? Um, Do we have that technology yet? Of course we do. All we have to do, you just write down everything you know and then your personality is in a computer. It's that simple. What do you think Facebook is? Everything you know. Everything you know, yeah. Think about it, guys. 
Well, I think that I have like so many ideas before I drift off to sleep. Mm. And I'm like, at the time you think, oh, what a great idea. I'll write it down. No, I'm too tired. I'll remember it in the morning. Yeah. You never remember. You never remember it. Should write it down. Yeah. Maybe I But I bet most of the time it's like a terrible, probably terrible idea. Nah, they're all spine chillers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm a spine chiller. All right, well, next time you're choking in your sleep, mate, I will not be waking you up. No, let me have a spine chiller. Let him die. Let him die. All right, so chapter one. Maybe of- that was code for wanking. <laughs> <laughs> chilling my spine through masturbation. Walked, in my sleep. Walked in on my husband chilling his spine. <laughs> All right, so chapter one of this is called The Story of the Door. If you saw that, would you want to keep reading? Yep. No. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You're going to read us the whole book? Well, I'm going to tell you all about it. So oh, I'll just go through it. Thank I, I, God. I really was worried for a second. I thought I had to strap in for a couple of hours. He's going to pull oh, out his wow. second. So you, you thought I was going to read it just word in that, for word. In that split second, that moment, because you read the title of the first chapter and I went, wait a second. Oh, no. So basically I've read this thing. Uh, it's I've read it so you don't have to. So I've written a brief summary it of it so we Great. can talk you, about it. You've told that before. I sh- I'll calm down. That you- no, no, no. That's, that's right. <laughs> Sorry. I just freaked out for a second. Well, now you freaked out, I'm, I am going to read it all. I'm all right, so sorry. Right, uh, right. The so story so. of the door. <clears throat> Strap in for, a, for an audio book. And I would also like you to not interrupt. I just I like an audience for when I read my audio books. That's why you're here. Fair enough. Okay. Not, no, no interruptions, please. No, that's not how this works. So it's the story of the door. Uh, the book opens with a description of Mr. Gabriel Utterson. In many ways, our main character. So if I would have asked you who the main character of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde is, mm-hmm. I imagine you would have said Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Mm-hmm. But you'd be wrong. It's Mr. Utterson. Utterson. Very misleading title. I know, it totally False is. advertising, oh, should, should we call it the story of Mr. Utterson? Get to Jekyll. <laughs> Get there, damn it. Well, Utterson is a lawyer working in London, respectable, wealthy, and most of all, reliable to his friends, and he reserves judgment of others. Good. So it sort of implies that he sort of has to defend sort of criminals and these kind of things, but he never judges them. Yeah, he's always like, they're they're fine. Give him a break. Uh, This is a description of him. It was frequently his fortune to be the last reputable acquaintance and the last good influence of downgoing men. What? Hmm. What? What's a downgoing man? Men who go down? They're great. Spine chillers. Maybe that was a rare thing in the 1880s. <laughs> yes. Yeah. A guy and who was, was willing to go friend. down. And he was the last friend of these people. Yeah. Wow. Other friends are like, sorry, you did what? You did what? You're still going down? It's like, yeah, man, you should. And I'm not doing that. It's gross. Well, you're gross. That's what I'd say back then. I'd be a real ally back in the 1880s. <laughs> Mr. To, Artis- going, to going down. <laughs> Mr. Utterson is our ally. What He's does the, the last friend mean? Oh, so no one else would. Oh, basically, so people yeah. like you know going to jail and things and like being like, oh, I don't want to be related to him anymore. And but Mr. Addison, so they shunned by others. But yeah, but not he's like, stuff. I'm a true friend, no matter around. what. Mm. Basically, okay. I don't care if you go up or down. I'm back in. Yeah, mm. <laughs> basically, to paraphrase Stevenson, or <laughs> yeah. sideways. So have you have you read this? No, there's a lot of up and down, a lot of side to side mm. going on here. Mm. Uh, his close friend is his distant cousin, Richard Enfield, and despite the fact the two seem to have very little in common, they go on a weekly walk. I was hope I was wanting to know what's going on with his cousin. Wow. Well, they- was, I was, you were reading with something like, all right, get to the cousin. I want to know. Was <laughs> yeah. it a cousin? Well, yeah, distant cousin. Oh, yeah. I so know about distant if they want to hook up, that'll be fine. And they go for a walk now and again. Yeah, so once a week they go for a walk, and they don't really say much to each other on this walk, but it's still listed as the high point in their week or the chief Jewel in their week. Mm. So they must live pretty boring do lives. they hold hands? I imagine they do. Okay. They hold hands in silence as they walk around London 
every single Sunday. One night they were walking in London in a quite a wealthy neighbourhood where every building looked very nice except for one. It, uh, it was a two-storey high building, had no windows on the bottom floor, just a single old door. And Enfield remarked that the door reminded him of a peculiar story. Mm. One night in the winter just past, he was walking in the area and he saw a little man, quote, stumping along. <laughs> and the stump of a man crashed into an eight-year-old girl. He trampled her and then despite her screams, he just kept walking. Jeez. He stumped off. Which even in the 1880s is bad behaviour. Yeah, mm. I mean, even back then you don't do that. Especially if they're saying stop. Like if it's eight-year-old girl going, I don't mind. I'm eight. Yeah. Keep trampling. Keep trampling. I've got the black lung. Nothing, yeah. nothing affects me anymore. Yeah. I feel I'm nothing. I'm ready to go. Please, please, put me out of my misery. Please trample me, please. Please. Yeah. People were begging for death back then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. People are happy to oblige. But he's found the one girl in London who's not begging for death and he's knocked her over. Enfield, the man witnessing it, yelled after the man who didn't turn around. So he actually grabbed him and brought him back to the girl where a group had gathered. The stump man didn't protest, but he gave Enfield an ugly look that gave him the sweats. Mm. It was a very unattractive man who on site made you sweat. Jeez. Uh, the stump really upset everyone just with the way you looked, and uh, Enfield told the man that unless he paid the girl's family a sizable sum, they would make a scandal about the incident and pretty much ruin his life. Man, that's how good back then you could just scandal someone. I know. It's, pay me money or I'll, I'll scandal you. I'm going to scandal you right up. <laughs> it's, it's, probably it's, do that now. Yeah, it's not very different to now. You can see that shame's back. You can scandal yes. someone. But, you, you, I mean, you can't. Now it's just online. It's just online. You can't stump them anymore. No. <laughs> uh, the man agreed to give them £100, which at the time was a lot of money, and he went inside the very door they were standing in front of to get the check, this door in this old, terrible-looking house. When he handed over the check, he was signed by a reputable man that Enfield knew. He reasoned that this ugly Dr. man. Dr. Jekyll. Well, he reasoned that this ugly man must be blackmailing, blackmailing his friend. But he declined to tell Addison because he's telling the story. He declined to say who the name on the check was because uh. gentlemen do not talk about such things. They don't spread rumours. Well, they do, but they just don't give all the details, <laughs> which is what he's doing now. He told Addison, the one thing he would say is that the man that bumped into the girl, the stump, his name is Mr. Hyde. Mm. And with that, Addison revealed to Enfield that you don't need to tell me the name on that check. I know what it is. They agreed, however, to never discuss the matter again as gentlemen shouldn't discuss these things and then they parted ways. So he was like, I'll stop you right there. I know the story. And that is the opening of this book, Chapter 1. So he wanted, he wanted money to give to the girl yeah, for yeah. Stamp, stomping. Yeah, Otherwise yeah. I'm going to reveal that you've done the stomps. Yeah, and then when the stomp went inside, he got a check and it had a name written on it. So he's like, oh, so you got that money. From someone But, but still, he's, it's like he's blackmailing Stomper. By saying, I'm going to scandal you if you don't give me some money. Yeah, so he's blackmailing, he's, a, he's blackmailing a man and then finding out that that man is and blackmailing his friend. Going, right, hang I on, get it. I hang get on, it. I will not stand for double blackmail. Yeah, this, I'm not a double blackmailer. <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. So uh, that was Mr. Hyde. We've already met him. So that's the stump is Mr. Hyde. Mr. Hyde. All right, he doesn't seem that bad. I mean, he knocked over an eight-year-old girl and trampled her. Yeah, but you can still reason with him and say, hey, give me a bit of money for that stomping. I mean, yeah. that's not... That's she not... was eight. That's what, back then, three years away from death anyway. Exactly. Very true. You know, like... It's it's like now stomping an 80-year-old woman. Exactly. Like, no one would bat an eyelid. Yeah. No. They're going to die anyway. <laughs> it's a perfectly normal thing to do. <laughs> well, when Addison got home, this is our main character, the lawyer, he pulled out his safe and the will of one of his clients and one of his oldest friends, a certain Dr. Jekyll. Dun, dun. Dun. <laughs> fucked it up. It really did not pay off. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yes. I like dun, the dun, double. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. You dun. Go higher, not lower. Dun, dun, dun. 
Yeah, so that's that's the that's like oh, I've learned something. Dun 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 is like oh, now we're in trouble. How many other dun duns are there? I don't didn't know. Dun dun dun. That's more of a like a minor one. Yeah. The other ones bomb bomb when you get something wrong on Family Feud. Oh yeah, like loser. Yeah. All right, we'll use that one later. All right. Feel free to inject that anytime you want. So we've got uh, Dr. Jekyll now. So he's pulled out the will of this man, Dr. Jekyll, a very wealthy man. The will had recently been changed to give all of his possessions, if he dies or disappears, to a certain Mr. Hyde. Bom, bom. Does that work? Yeah. <laughs> Incorrect. Incorrect. Uh, other than reasons that this Mr. Hyde is the same one who paid off the crowd with a check from Dr. Jekyll and that he must be blackmailing the doctor, first with a fake check and now uh, with the will, making him get all these possessions. Question from Sonia. No. Just enjoying just, it. That yeah. was hand gestures of enjoyment. I'm waving my hands to try and understand the story. Hey, we all learn different ways. Yes, If you want to get up and do a Mexican <laughs> wave, start it. This is not Solo. how I thought this story was going to start. How like did you I, think it was going to start? What was your prediction? Yeah, because it is obviously very well known but yeah, also not that well known. I didn't think it was going to start with the um, trampling of an eight-year-old girl. <laughs> that that story girl. is glossed over in a lot of the adaptations. Yeah, yeah and then and the, wait, did that, eight, that eight-year-old girl still alive though? Yeah, she just. To be honest, the he book just, even Mr. said he's just very. He's a, he seems reasonable. You can chat to this guy. Yeah, the, I thought he was like a monster, pretty much that you can't even talk to. She wasn't even hurt. She was just shocked. Yeah, all right. Screamed out. And that, that, cost, that cost him a hundred pounds. A hundred pounds for a shock on a girl, which is like a million pounds. Now. Yeah, you could buy like two horses in a castle with that back then. Yeah, just to um, put it into perspective. Put it into perspective. <laughs> anyway, keep going. But I'm. Let me tell you, I'm disappointed so far in this story. Oh, well, let me continue to disappoint you <laughs> one chapter at a time. Mm-hmm. Larson goes to his friend uh, Dr. Lanyon's house. This is another man. A man that has known Dr. Jekyll for as long as he has to see if he knows anything about this mysterious Mr. Hyde character. He wants to find out if Hyde is blackmailing right. their, their mutual friend. Right. Lanyon reveals that the two had a falling out years ago and barely speak anymore. And mainly because he sees Jekyll's scientific work as, quote, scientific boulder dash. Yeah. So he hasn't heard of Hyde at all. Right. So, bom bom. Yeah. Do do. Is that appropriate, Sonia? Do we get that right? Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, Addison uh, goes to sleep that night, but has dreams. Dreams? Ah. <gasps> uh-huh. About this stump of a man running down the girl. He wasn't even there, but he's dreaming about it. Wow. The man's face truly haunts him, so he decides to stake out the rundown building downtown in the hopes of seeing the man for himself. That's how the dream affected him that much. He's like, I've got to see this guy. And stakeouts were hard back then because you couldn't sit in a car. <laughs> what do you you su- had to sit in a horse and carriage <laughs> and the horse was just would shit. and All over the place. That's all you Horses do. Horses are very obvious. Yeah. You're not, yeah. you're not hidden. Like that horse and carriage has been there for a very long time. Well, and it's hard to tail someone in a horse and carriage. Mm. Like if they are on yeah. the move, you're yeah. clip-clopping behind them. Yeah, you can't Especially if, if they're on foot yeah. and you're on horseback. You keep looking back and they have to, the driver keeps turning his head away like, yeah. no, I'm not, no, I'm following you. Yeah. And there were no stakeout snacks back then. You oh, couldn't get a, a packet of chips or anything. You had to get like a whole pint of milk <laughs> and bread and then a fish, like a smoked fish, and that's what you had to eat. God, the 1880s were really terrible. Oh, it was such a t- tough time. Nightmare. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. 
Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. He goes downtown to stake, out, stake it out. He thinks to himself one of those lines that you wish other people were around to hear. He says, quote, if he be Mr. Hyde, I shall be Mr. Seek. <laughs> He's done it. It's very good. He's done it. Mm. To be honest, I think he na- <laughs> like, like, na- named him Mr. Hyde for that just joke. Just for that one joke. I, I really think. This whole time. I don't really he's think called Mr. Hyde so he could go, Mr. Hyde, well, I am Mr. Seek. Oh, my God. <laughs> and he thought God. it did so no one else is around. It's one of the things you'd be like, that's the smartest thing I'll ever say. <laughs> and then you try and work it in conversationally later on. So I thought to myself, if he's Mr. Hyde, I'll be Mr. Seek. <laughs> you get asked to leave a bar because you've told every single person <laughs> there that oh same anecdote. Yeah, he- have started with that joke and then worked. He wrote a whole wrote story the rest around, of the that. Book around so that. I reckon yeah. that was the spi- that was the dream he was having, the spine mm-hmm. chiller. He was, yeah. oh, oh, I've done it, Mister Hyde, <laughs> Mister C. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. His wife thought he was having an affair with someone called Hyde <laughs> and C. And C. Oh, yeah. Wow, it was just his he's spine busy. Chiller. Well, after days of staking it out, he finally uh, saw the stump going towards the door of the building, and he approached him. The two had a brief convo with Hyde hiding his face until Utterson asked him if he could see his face. He literally says, can you turn around so I can see your face? It's very strange, which is weird, but he showed his face and he said, great, now I will remember it. And with Did that, he say that to Hyde? Yeah, he said that to him. I just, yeah, so now I will look at your face. All right, now I remember that. <laughs> yeah, it's such a Mr. weird. Mr. Hyde, once again, reasonable. It's like, we'll show his face and then walk away when someone's being weird. <laughs> yeah. And then he said, uh, is your name Mr. Hyde? Because I found you and I think you'll find that I'm, I'm Mr. Mr. Seek. Yeah. And everyone clapped. Everyone, everyone clapped. No, on that weird note, him saying, can I see your face? Oh, I'll remember it. Hyde quickly ran into the house and locked the door. Okay. Not surprising. Uh, Artisan then went round to check on his friend, Dr. Jekyll. Okay. Our friend, uh, who we actually haven't met yet, who isn't home. But it's also revealed by the butler that the sinister rundown building is actually attached to the back of the large property owned and lived in by Dr. Jekyll. Mm-hmm. And that Mr. Hyde, the butler knows him and... Uh, he has his own key to this building. Okay. So that's a little bit sus. Why has he got a, Why yeah. is he in this building out the back? Anyway, sure, this will be all revealed later on. Okay, so I feel like we're going to have a, a long book where we're, we're supposed to not know they're the same person for ages. Uh, spoiler alert if you didn't know that. Yeah, so basically, at, you got to remember at the time it was written because obviously no it's one not famous. Because it wasn't famous. It's, it's yeah. written it's, like. It's uh, weird for books to be famous before they're written. I know. It's written like a mystery. <laughs> I the twist. Yeah. Oh, I know, I know this one. Uh, it just came out today. That's literally the first copy. Now nah, I know it. And so Mr. Hyde's not going to be this violent, insane monster until later in the book. At the moment, he's just a weird looking dude that tramples eight year old girls. Yeah. And which, look, as we've established, isn't that bad. Isn't that bad, which is actually fine. I mean, I've I've nearly been run over by stompy people before. Just yeah. And did you ask for a hundred pounds cash? Of course. I said, "You want a scandal? Give me a hundred pounds." You should have asked for more. I know. Like inflation. Inflation. I'm to get more now. Oh, you fool! You get ten grand now for a stomping. Yeah, absolutely. That's the minimum, I reckon. It's a minimum. It's the going rate: ten grand pounds. Pounds. So, how many chapters worth of just of this sort of who is Mister Hyde? Do you go through before we've, you We've fight? got a few more chapters of it. But at the time, you got to remember, it's a mystery sort of written like as a genuine mystery. Okay. Just like a normal. Just a normal mystery. Like there's no supernatural elements. Not Nothing's yet. What's going on. Uh, okay. All right. Yeah. So, two weeks go by. imagine it not being obvious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, to be honest, one, when you know the twist, it is a bit like. <laughs> to be honest, oh. like 1880s, like people would have been. So much dumber back then. Yeah. Oh, I absolutely. Oh, well, Idiots. That's the thing. Idiots. Uh, yeah. Stuff just hasn't been done yet. No. Yeah. yeah. See, so like, oh, that person was not telling the truth. 
Mm. Can people do that in a book? Yeah. Oh. They thought back in the 1880s that if man went over 100 kilometres per hour, he'd die. <laughs> like they generally thought that they back They probably then. didn't even get the hide and seek reference. No. No. That People were like, I don't get what? that joke. What does that mean? He's got Mr. Seek. He's just a hide. I mean, sure, all right. <laughs> Oh, I get it. Hide, but it's, it's like that nursery rhyme. <laughs> they don't get it. Back then, they re- related everything oh, back I to get a nursery it. rhyme. Everyone's a murderer. <laughs> well, we have to trudge on. <laughs> uh, two weeks stomp go by. On. We will on. stomp on. Stomp on uh, like it, a stompy man uh, stomping over an eight-year-old girl. Yeah, if an eight-year-old girl gets the in my way. The rest of this book is an eight-year-old girl, and we are trampled. I will, and I will not stop. <laughs> I will not stop until she's trampled. I will not stop. <laughs> finally, a metaphor I understand. Here we go. Uh, two weeks go by and Addison is able to finally catch up with Jekyll at a party where he mentions the will. Remember, the will says he's going to give everything to Mr. Hyde. He's like, why are you doing that? Yeah, come on, Jekyll. So suspicious. And uh, when he mentions Mr. Hyde, Jekyll becomes uncomfortable and turns pale. Mm. He appreciates his friend's concerns but explains, quote, the moment I choose, I can be rid of that Mr. Jekyll. He also makes him promise to carry out. Mr. Hyde? Sorry, yes, I meant Mr. Hyde. <laughs> <laughs> Slip of the tongue there. Yeah. Imagine he's like, the moment I will, I want, I can get rid of that, Mr. Jekyll. Aren't I mean, Mr. you, Mr. Hi- Jekyll? Oh, oh no! Oh no! Oh no! You got me. No, that was me mis uh, mis transcribing my my book. So he does say, I can get rid of Mr. Hyde. He also makes him promise to carry out the will should something happen. Give it all to Mr. Hyde. No questions asked. Then nearly a year goes by before the story picks up again. <laughs> Nothing happens for a year. <laughs> how do they how do they Wait, communicate that they go? Does it say in the book? Yeah, it literally says year nearly by. a year goes Wait, by. Is it just a page with a tumbleweed on it? <laughs> yeah, that's how that's how they did it back then. Shorthand. One tumbleweed's one year, ten tumbleweeds, one hundred years. It doesn't make any sense. There's no it's no scalability, but I knew one one year, one tumbleweed. Well, nearly one tumbleweed, because it's nearly a year goes by. Nearly a year goes by. You get it. You see a tumbleweed stop halfway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, one night a maid had decided to go to bed on the night of a full moon. Uh-oh. Which, as we all know, is quite dangerous. Don't yeah. sleep on a full moon. Should always stay up all night long. Mm-hmm. Stay up all night, or sit in a chair with sunglasses and pretend that you're awake. <laughs> you're not even putting on fake eyes. It's just a pair of sunglasses. They didn't have fake eyes back then. Oh, okay, right. That's that's a modern invention. Right, yeah. That we all own. Of course. My goodness, I just don't get the 1880s like you two yeah. do. We are proper historians. So it's great in the to have you here for, for this. Thank you. So, but she's about to go to sleep, but she starts to look out onto the street below. Uh, she sees an older white-haired gentleman encounter a man she recognised as Mr. Hyde because her, her boss had worked with this Mr. Hyde before. The old man bowed towards him and Mr. Hyde, who was carrying a cane, suddenly snapped and started beating the old man to death with it. Holy Whoa. We have an escalation. Yes. There we go. That's the Hyde I wanted. Well, a killer. Do you enjoy this sentence? Quote, he was trampling his victim underfoot and hailing down a storm of blows under which the bones were audibly shattered. Whoa. So she's from the window. Like glass. She, she can hear the bones shattering. <laughs> like that. Absolutely. 100% that. What did she do? She fainted. Fair enough. And then when she came to, Mr. Hyder disappeared and the body was just down on the street. So she called on the police. Not a body, a bag of skin yeah. with like <laughs> bones like sand. Like it's been shattered. It's Absolutely. Like, it's, like, it's like if you picked up. You know when you break a glass and then you put it in a garbage bag and you take it outside and it's like, that's his body right now. <laughs> they And they did put it in a garbage bag. Oh, good. That was the style at the time. But once again, grey-haired man 
he was not long for this world. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely yeah. not. He was. Is this, it, is this even a crime? Yeah. You're asking. Exactly. Please take me away from this yeah. world. That, that was Are you the faint over a non-crime. <laughs> Get was, it together, woman. That was the police's attitude back then. This isn't technically. This isn't a crime. Yeah. <laughs> look, if you're going to look out your window in in old London town, expect to see <laughs> yeah. a murder. You're going to see a. You're going to see some a shattering. Yeah. It's going to happen. Well, the police found a letter on the victim, oh. on the bag of bones. On the bag of skin, sorry. No bones left. On the, the letter was addressed to our main character, Mr. Utterson. And he, when he was asked to identify the victim, they said, hey, this guy's got a letter. We don't know who he is. Mm. He, quote, hurried through his breakfast and then drove to the police station. <laughs> he still eats breakfast. <laughs> hey, uh, there's a man. He's been beaten to death. Uh, he's been turned into a bag of skin with no bones. Can he come tell us who it is? No worries. Just got to have this bacon, these eggs, probably a, an omelette, some orange juice, and then I'll be with you. Give him a break. He hurried through them. Yeah. I mean, he's probably got indigestion now. He's probably talking to him doing those sort of burps and when you breathe in air, you go, so he's probably... <laughs> Sorry. I know who this is. Look at, you want him to look at crushed up bones and a pile of skin on an empty stomach? <laughs> yeah. Give him a break, Dave. Honest, you, do, you want an empty stomach. What I if imagine, you're going to regurgitate? That's, I know, that's vomit-inducing and you want something to throw up. You don't want so to be dry-retching there in the streets. Oh, that's embarrassing. You want a good, good solid vom to come out. Yeah, a full meal. Excuse me, fellas. <laughs> okay, let me look at the letter. We did say this uh, book would ruin your dinner, and, and you it, are right. It did. I think so. anyone eating, that, that did not help. Uh, he identified the victim as a uh, wealthy uh, politician, Sir Danvers Carew. What a great name. Dan- you don't hear Danvers, Danvers as a first name anymore. No, that has gone out of fashion, and and for good reason. Yeah. Danvers. Danvers. I love it. I love it. My firstborn, my firstborn will be called Danvers. Mark my words. Who was I named after? Some old guy who got crushed to death <laughs> <Yeah>. in a <laughs> book. <laughs> uh, Artisan tells the police that he knows where this Mister Hyde lives, and uh, who's now suspected of murder. They go down and they. How? How did he find out what was in the letter? What was in the letter? Oh, because he's a a, a lawyer of sorts. Oh, right. This so man it was addressed to him. All yeah, it was like, yeah. but the lawyer. It, it was nothing of any interest. Right. To be honest, he didn't it say. You know, no, no, nothing revealing. Dear lawyer, don't kill me. I know you want to. Yeah, didn't have anything like that. Don't hit me with a cane. Don't My bones cane. don't take the, to that oh, well. I'm sorry, d- dear Mr. Hyde, don't kill me. <laughs> That's to be fair, sure, it was like pretty covered in blood, so yeah. they probably yeah. couldn't read. A little bit hard to. Mm. Hard. Yeah. Covered in blood and somehow bone, which had exited the man's body. And semen for some reason. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, the Holy Trinity. Yeah. Uh, but they, so they, they break into uh, Mr. Hyde's house because they think he's a murderer. And Mr. Hyde is gone, but they do find the half-broken cane used as the murder weapon and in the fireplace his half-burned checkbook. That's all that's left. Well, Guilty. You can't... You- you can't pay off your crimes if you burnt your checkbook. Right? I know. That's How do you do it? That was his only way out. Yeah. It was only half burnt. That are. The signature part was still remaining. That's still there. Yeah, I think the bank will accept Banks it. often honour half burnt checks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I've only got half this check. Is that still good? Oh, no worries. <laughs> of course. As long as it's got the bit that says how much money we should give you on it. That's all we care about. So Utterson goes around to visit Dr. Jekyll again and Jekyll is shocked about the death of the old man and swears that, quote, he is done with Mr. Hyde and that he will never more be heard of. He shows Addison a letter from Mr. Hyde that's apologising for his behaviour. He's like, oh, no, Mr. Hyde, he gave me this letter that apologised for his behaviour and then he said he'd never come back. 
know is the apology accepted. Oh well, I mean, you only killed one old man and trampled one eight-year-old girl. I mean, because they nearly cancel each other out. He took the time to write a letter, and you know what? He didn't finish his breakfast. This is a good man. But then Addison, he took the letter home, and his his clerk, one of his servants, Mister Guest, apparently is also Mister Guest, who was only staying for a short time. Mr. Guest. And he's also apparently... He's a made-up names. He's also... Dennison. Well, Guest. Well, yes, they are all made-up That's true. They are made-up You tell me these aren't real people? Yeah, this this definitely happened. Uh, In a dream to an old Scottish man. Who was wanking? Who's wanking? <laughs> dream wanking. Who's having a dream wank? Uh, but Mr. Guest the, is also apparently an expert on handwriting. Good. And he notices that the handwriting of the supposed Mr. Hyde looks a lot similar to Dr. Jekyll. Oh, my God. What? They, they compare them. And Addison reasons that Dr. Jekyll must have forced the apology letter to cover up for his friend, Mr. Hyde. Uh, that, that's his reasoning. He's like, well. Idiot. They're the same weird. person. Jeez. Couldn't be more obvious. I'm, God I'm, I'm, damn it. Like, you're an expert <laughs> on handwriting. How about you be just an expert on logic? Oh, <laughs> fucking idiot, Mr. Guest. I would love to have a, uh, a character that, throughout this whole thing that's just being like, what do you, can't you see it? They're the same person. Him going, no, no, I'm sure no, he's just no, covering no. up for an old friend. The more likely one is that he forced him to write yeah, the letter. But don't you see that the uh, the laboratory is also accessed from the front of Dr. Jekyll's house? It's probably him. No, 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 no. you fool. I was really hoping that Dr. Jekyll wears glasses and Hyde doesn't. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that's yeah. all it is. What? He's, he's, really, he's a really hot guy, but he takes the glasses off everyone and goes, ooh, and you start sweating as soon as he takes the glasses yeah, yeah, off. Yeah, that's an ugly look. Xavier, I've never seen you without glasses on, but I imagine you look like it. Oh, my oh. God. Who is that? Who is that? That's that guy oh. that stomped all those people. Yeah, God. It's me, Stompy. <laughs> old, old, st- old Stumpy. Stompy Stumper. Hey, Book Cheaters. Dave here, briefly interrupting to tell you that this episode of Book Cheat is brought to you by Audible. If you're not familiar, Audible allows you to access an unbeatable selection of audiobooks, including bestsellers, motivation, mysteries, thrillers, memoirs, and more. You can choose three titles every month, one audiobook as well as two Audible originals that you can't hear anywhere else. You'll also enjoy easy audiobook exchanges, rollover credits, and an audiobook library you can keep forever, even if you cancel. Just to make a suggestion, for example, if you want to listen to an audiobook of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, well, on Audible, there is literally dozens of versions to choose from. But the one I would suggest using an Audible credit on is the version narrated by Corey Samuel and Friends, because in that version, you get Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, but also Frankenstein, which we've covered previously, The War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells, The Time Machine by H.G. Wells, The Island of Dr. Moreau by H.G. Wells, as well as The Secret Agent by Joseph Conrad. So that's over 35 hours of enjoyment right there. Right now, for a limited time, you can get three months of Audible for just $6.95 a month, which is more than half off the regular price. For more, go to audible.com slash bookcheat or text bookcheat to 500-500. That way Audible will know you came to them through bookcheat, which means they'll probably want to continue supporting the show. So you're getting half price for three months and you're really helping out the show all at the same time. It's win-win, baby. One more time, go to audible.com slash bookcheat or text bookcheat to 500-500 to get started today. Okay, back to the show. Two months go by after this murder. Why? How much of a tumbleweed is that? Like, uh, well, like two bits. <laughs> two bits. But why is time passing? I don't know. I don't. 
I don't know why this time has to pass. Well, t- well time's passing because Mr. Hyde's nowhere to be found and Dr. Jekyll is seen out and about more and more. He's now more social. He looks healthier. Right, he has okay, his old pals, Artisan, and even Dr. Lanyon, the guy that he's fought with before. They come round. Everyone, it, everyone's getting along. It's like old times. Artisan thinks to himself that this change in behaviour is because his blackmailer has skipped town and now he's free to enjoy his life once again. So it's two months of good times, basically. Right. But then out of nowhere, Artisan uh, <laughs> dropped in on Dr. Jekyll and he's told that he's no longer receiving visitors. Shit. After seeing him almost every day for two months, they've been hanging out like, like old times. The doctor had shut himself away and day after day he refuses to see Artisan. So he keeps knocking on the door. The, mm-hmm. the servant's like, sorry, he's not seeing people. He's got diarrhea again. <laughs> For he's got days, diarrhea. Yeah. days at a time. He's got diarrhea. We know what it is. <laughs> and he ke- and he it's keeps the most obvious of diarrhea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Two months right, of straight I, I'll, diarrhea. I'm going to write in another character. So there's one that says the whole time, "Don't you see they're the same person?" There's another person who's constantly saying, "It's probably just diarrhea." <laughs> no matter what happened. No matter what. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Can't you see that he beat him to death because he had diarrhea? I mean, have you ever had really bad diarrhea? You do crazy things. Yeah, back in the 1880s, they thought that was a cure. Yeah. I mean, they had leeches. They had beating old people to death. That was their two, two, uh, two cures. So he's, he's, not, he's not seeing people anymore, Dr. Jekyll. So Artisan, our main guy, drops around to Dr. Lanyon, the other friend. They've got three friends that all hang out together mm-hmm. to see if he's heard anything. And he was shocked by what he saw. He saw Dr. Lanyon, quote, he had his death warrant written legibly upon his face, end quote. He had visibly aged in the day since he'd last seen his old friend. He told him, I've just had a shock, a shock I shall never, ever recover from. Life has been pleasant. I liked it, yes. Sir, I used to like it. I sometimes think if we all knew, we should be more glad to get away. End quote. So something's happened. Something's happened to Dr. Lanyon. Diary. He refused to... Yeah. <laughs> Once again. If you could be the voice of diarrhea the and Xavier, if you could be the town. voice of them being the same, the same person, person, that'd be fantastic. No, I'm moving more to the, the diarrhea storyline. I really do think that this is a classic case of diarrhea. <laughs> they are the actions of a man plagued by diarrhea. I, 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 I'm inclined to agree. I mean, hygiene standards weren't that high. No, yeah, they were not. it was easy to get back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To be honest, it was... You counted the days you didn't have diarrhea. Exactly. That was easier. Yeah. Call them a call them a real solid. <laughs> That's terrible. That's worse than the hide and seek joke <laughs> that this whole book exists. For. I know it's built around that great quip, great quip. Uh, so he refused to talk about Doctor Jekyll. This is Doctor. Can I just ask a question? Are there any other jokes in the book, or is it just that solitary? <laughs> no, there's there's one great joke. Oh really? I mean, joke. I've seen comedy festival shows written around great jokes. <laughs> so this one, one great joke. Here we go. This is it. This is it. Uh, he told uh, his friend Artisan that he regarded Dr. Jekyll as dead and would not reveal what he meant until after he himself was dead. He told him that he was dying. That makes no so sense. So he's shocked enough to be dying for some reason. Artisan writes a letter to Jekyll and gets a reply saying that he will not see anyone ever again for he was suffering a punishment and a danger that he has brought on, his, on himself but he cannot name. Mm. Two weeks later, his friend Dr. Lanyon, the man that was shocked, was dead. Yeah. After the funeral, an envelope arrived for Artisan, written by Lanyon before he was dead. Inside the envelope is another envelope. Before he was dead. Yeah. you got to specify that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. As soon as I said that, I'm like, I didn't need to write here before he was dead. <laughs> uh, so inside the envelope is another envelope, also written before he was dead. <laughs> and it says, you should only open this after the death of Dr. Jekyll. Ah. He puts the letter into the safe and does not open it. Wow. I would not do that. I could, I could, I'd have to open so it. I'm so curious. Yes. I'd have to open yeah. it. I'd steam it open 
read it. Oh, seal it. I mean, seal it again. Who are you? You're cheating who yourself there. Listening to a letter. Yeah. That's crazy. That's the 1880s. Back then, letters, like you couldn't break letter rules. Yeah, right. Oh, come on. You'd go to jail. Yeah. I assume. You're Again. Reading, reading letters before they tell you to open them, you're going to jail. That's what they say back then. Um, some woman. <laughs> I don't know. You could stomp on 80 old people, but then <laughs> yeah. oh. open one letter. Open one letter oh. before it's jail. meant to be. I mean, the society has to have some rules. Yeah. Yes. It has yeah. to. It has yeah. to. Uh, later that week, our BFFs from the start of the book, Artisan and Enfield, the guys that go on great walks, they're going for another weekly stroll when again they pass the ugly building that started this whole story. Mm. Enfield remarks how he was surprised to learn that the building is accessible from Dr. Jekyll's property. So not only is it out the back, there's actually a door mm. from his house. Here we go. They're working it out. Well, speak of the devil, they happen to see Dr. Jekyll leaning out of one of the top windows of this building. Who's he stomping this time? Yeah, there's a little girl up there. <laughs> Help! Stop stomping me! Shut up! Uh, he seems pleased to see them from the window, and although he says he can't join them for a walk, they're like, come down for a walk. He's Come like, join us, we love walking! <laughs> it, they really do love walking on, uh, in this time especially. So I did Persuasion by Jane Austen a, few, a couple of months ago, and basically they went on about 19 walks in that short book. Wow. wow. There's nothing else to on. do. They've got nothing on. It. They go for a walk. So they read a book like a nerd or literally... walk like a real champion. That's right. That's what I always say. Yeah. And then after this, we'll get a nice glass of water. <laughs> <laughs> wild. Wild. Wild bunch. So he says, I can't come down and walk you, walk with you, but they have a good conversation. It's going well. Everything's like, it's like they're talking to old friends again. Until suddenly, an absolute look of horror and despair came across Jekyll's face and he instantly slammed the window down and disappeared back into the house, never to be seen. Again. Well, but- yeah. I mean, we know what's going on there. We know exactly what's happening there. <laughs> well, the look they'd seen left an impression on the two men on the street and Utterson said, God forgive us, God forgive us, before the two men kept going on their walk in complete silence. Well, God forgive us for not going up and helping our friend who's yeah. obviously suffering from diarrhoea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's clear. God says, hey, mate, we all get diarrhoea. It's fine. I'll get you some of those um, uh, those icy poles. that re- A hydrolyte. Let's get some oh, hydrolyte. I love those. Yeah. Real good. It's almost worth they, having diarrhea just for hydrolyte. Yeah, it's like they didn't do first aid training. Yeah. I know. Yeah, you just say, God, forgive us and walk away. That's how you helped people back then. God, forgive us. God, forgive Nothing us. Bad. God, forgive us. Don't think about them at all. Maybe they're like, we'll write a letter to get rid of your diarrhea. <laughs> 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 that will help. Hey. Dear diarrhea, <laughs> please leave our friend. <laughs> well, we've solved that one. <laughs> Jekyll's trusted butler, Poole, visited Utterson a couple of nights later when he was, and he was concerned that something had happened to his master and re- he revealed that Jekyll had been locked in his lab for months now. Utterson travelled with Poole to the property and they knocked on the door of the, uh, the laboratory where a voice answered that he was seeing no visitors. The strange thing was that the voice did not sound anything like their friend, Dr. Jekyll. Utterson mm. speculated that he probably hadn't been murdered in there because why would the murderer remain at the crime scene for something? You don't kill someone and then start living in their house. Mm. The butler, Paul, tells Utterson that the voice has still been sending him on errands around town, mainly looking for a particular type of chemical that he can't seem to find anywhere. So he doesn't think it's his master in there, but he still respects the voice enough to go and do his errands. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, who are you? You won't say, okay, I'll... I'll go get you. There's bits. two things I obey: letters and strange voices. Yeah, that's right. Well, if it right. comes to that room, I must do what it says. <laughs> I tell you what: if you climb in that room and ask for anything, the butler will bring it to you. He's a fucking idiot, man. 
I mean, like, can you go get us some gold? <laughs> oh, well, it came from the room. Oh, damn it. Got me there. You got me there. Might as well. Here you are. Yeah, nice one. All right, Scarpa. And they jump out the window. That's mustard. <laughs> Sorry, that's from 1880s. <laughs> I was trying to make it really 1880s. Well, Paul then drops the biggest bombshell, something I probably would have led with, to be honest. He says <laughs> that he's seen the man emerge and he doesn't look like he's Master Jekyll at all, <laughs> but looks more like his mysterious friend, Mr. Hyde. Wow. Okay. But he still obeys him and does everything <laughs> he still he obeys him. And he said, and when he got, when he got uh, Addison, he's like, I, I'm not sure. The voice sounds a bit weird. Actually, I've seen him. It's a different man. <laughs> it's a different man. And I know who that man is. But more importantly, the voice is different. Yeah, the voice. I mean, he looks different, but that's more of a sideline sort of thing. I think the voice is the scary part. And to be honest, he looks like the man that's wanted for murder. Yeah. But I still get the chemicals. Still I'm going to get them. Still can't work this out. It could be anyone. Well, this sets Addison off who decides that together now they should break oh, down. Oh, the- set him off. A year later. <laughs> Yeah. Is, is he finally is he finally going to do something? He's, He's really like biding his time. You know what? This this is enough. There's a man in the house making a butler do things. <laughs> it's sure a child was stomped, an old man was beaten to death, and he's a bag of glass now. But a butler is doing things. I will not stand for this. I mean, that's the last straw for many people. Yeah, that's yeah. the moment. Together, they decide to break down the door of the lab. They grab an axe and a fire poker as weapons. <clears throat> and one last time, they ask the man to open the door. He then refuses. Artisan recognises, oh, yeah, that is the voice of Mr. Hyde. <laughs> uh, they broke down the door and rushed in only to find. I like in that moment as well, they're like, open the door. Wait a second, that's his, yeah, that's his voice. That's yeah. <laughs> we have confirmation. Go, go, go. <laughs> uh, they break down the door and uh, they rushed inside only to find the body of Mr. Hyde lying on the floor holding a vial of something in his hand. Mm. Hyde was wearing a suit that was uh, recognisably too big for him and that it, it also belonged to Dr. Jekyll. So he's broken in there and now he's wearing an old man, a different man's suit. Who can work it out, honestly? Yeah, this can be anything. He's clearly living a fantasy, living in another man's clothes. That's all it is. When you get diarrhea, you lose (laughs) a lot of weight. The suit looks big on him because his diarrhea has gone out of hand. And when you have diarrhea, you shit yourself. Yeah. Your clothes are soiled, so you steal another man's clothes and put them on. Do you reckon English lit students analyse Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and always comes just back to diarrhoea? They're like, this is an analogy. (laughs) This is about diarrhoea. Oh, it's one of those things in classic literature, you can always bring it back to diarrhoea somehow. 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 All old great art comes from shitting yourself. Yeah. We all know. We all know. (laughs) Including this podcast. Yeah. Please excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) So he's in there, he's dead on the floor, and Artisan finds three notes inside the lab, which I love. More letters. Yes. Which you got to respect. <laughs> a will that names Utterson his benefactor rather than Mr. Hyde. So he's rewritten the will. Bonus. Pretty good to find. A note Bing. written. That's, yeah, that's that sound effect there. Bing. He did well. <laughs> a note written that day, what's dated that day, instructing Utterson to read Lanyon's letter first. Okay. Which is back in the. Letters are telling you to read letters. And then, uh, and then a final letter to be read after Lanyon's letter. And then. Uh, <laughs> so it's like you got to read these in order. I would fuck up the order. I mean, I know, if he picked them up in the wrong order. Which he one do I read first? I know, yeah. You've got one in your hand. There's one you've got to go back to your house and there's a. Pick up in a, a safe. There's a dead man. You just read this letter. Yeah. And then go and choose your own adventure. A bit of a flashback, if you will. Yeah. But my favorite bit about this is Artisan sees the date on the letter and it's, it's dated today and he goes. Maybe Dr. Jekyll's still alive because that letter was written today rather than anyone could write any date on this letter. Could have been written two years ago. Who knows? But, again, people don't mess with letters back no, then. So. No. You didn't write the wrong date. It says, uh, go then and read the narrative which Lanyon warned he would place in your hands. And if you, are to hear more, if you want to hear more, turn to the confession of your unhappy friend, 
Henry Jekyll. That's the letter within a letter there. The final two chapters of the story are just letters written from Dr. Lanyon and then from Dr. Jekyll. So he just... Two chapters of letters. Before this, we just had a narrator, basically, an omnipotent person just Mm -hmm. telling the story. But this is called epistolary, which I don't know if you've heard before. It's a story told from letters or from a diary, a term I keep coming across in these classic books. They were mad for the stuff. First in in Frankenstein. And uh, and Dracula did it as well, didn't they? Yeah, there's some stories in there. And Sherlock Holmes in last week's episode was all taken from people's differing accounts and then uh, Dr. Watson's reminiscences so they're mad for the stuff back then mm. uh, so these are the, the the final chapters dr lanyon's letter first written just as the letter one night after their big dinner party when they had their reunion the three friends are hanging out again he received a desperate letter from dr jekyll begging him to carry out a request for him or dr jekyll would die well the letter asked him to break into his own laboratory into dr jekyll's lab remove a drawer and its specific contents and then a man would collect the contents from lanyon and my Again, one of my favourite things about the description was it said the third drawer from the bottom or the third drawer from the top. <laughs> it's the same drawer, but just in case he was going to stuff it up, <laughs> he counted it both ways. Uh, he did as the letter said, even though he thought the writer must be mad. And in the drawer he found several vials with a salt, a salt-like substance and some liquids, as well as a book that seemed to be keeping a diary of some sort of experiment. But it didn't say what it was. At midnight, a small man with a hideous face arrived to collect the vials. It was Mr. Hyde, but Lanyon didn't recognise him as they'd never met before. He just thought it was a small man with a hideous face. The small man asked for a glass to mix up a cocktail of the drugs, and uh, when he received one, he gave Dr. Lanyon the red pill, blue pill question. He said, would you like me to take this cocktail of drugs in front of you, and this will forever change your life for what you see, or I can go away and you can never think about this again. Wow. Which is pretty much exactly what Morpheus says yeah. in uh, in The Matrix. Thinking he was mad, Dr. Lanyon said, like, I've come this far, whatever, take it in front of me. What What's going to happen? Yeah. You're going to get high or something, who knows? The man swallowed the drink and before his very eyes transformed from this small man into his old friend, Dr. Jekyll. Oh, Boom! Oh, the letter ends that this shocked and frightened Lanyard so much that he's weak and that he knows he's going to die. So that was why he was so shocked. He saw a man transform from a small man into a slightly bigger man. And that's enough to kill you. Yeah. You're like, took I out can't his heart. live in a world like this where people are changing. What is this, animorphs? That's why the Hulk <laughs> couldn't have never existed yeah. in the 1880s. Oh, no. People would be dying left, right and centre. The Avengers would all, yes. the rest of the Avengers would be dead. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're talking about, you're talking about glasses. Yeah. Clark Kent's taking off his glasses and yes. people are literally dying in the street. Yeah. As they, he transforms into another man. But that's because he's also trampling them. <laughs> yeah. And he's stomping. <laughs> yeah, he's just a killer. Yeah. Just a killer. Uh, obviously, we all know that that is the big twist. But in this story, that's the first reveal. And it would be, you. I, I suppose, like, if you're not expecting it. Back in the 1880s. 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 And but it does co- feel great. <laughs> hearing a story that you definitely know this was going on the whole time. It's the only thing I know about Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and feeling real smart and going, you idiots. Oh, how did you not get oh, that? 1880 losers. I know there are a lot of people that are very good with twists and they see it coming all the time, but I'm, I'm always surprised. Really? Yeah. Sixth Sense? Surprised? Absolutely surprised that it was a good film. Did not expect it to be good and it was quite good. Mm. But I, that's why I like crime shows a lot, especially your, your Agatha Christie's, your... Poirot's is my absolute favourite, the David Suchet adaptation, the TV version, which I bang on a lot about on my own podcast. <laughs> but I love him. 
So good. And um, every time it surprises me, and I always just have to, I basically stand up and give a one man standing ovation to the screen. Agatha, she's done it again. She's done it again. It's so clever. But maybe other people that are smarter than me. See Don't it. clap at their television. Yeah, I imagine. <laughs> did you watch uh, The Orient Express? Yes, I did watch it with Kenneth Branagh as Poirot. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, once you've seen David Suchet, you, there's no going back. Oh, really? Wait, did you not applaud? I didn't. I to be honest, I didn't applaud. Wow. That's my, and that's my, that is my test. Do you think he wasn't? Well, he's not French, is he? What is he? He's Belgian. Belgium. He wasn't Belgium enough. No, and I just didn't like his his mustache, his hair. It just wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't appropriate. To be honest, it was inappropriate. <laughs> inappropriate. I was offended. Inappropriate mustache. Yeah, it was just too big and bushy. And then, oh, David Suchet. If you read the descriptions that Agatha Christie had, she even describes him as having an egg-shaped head. And David Suchet has an egg-shaped head. <laughs> He's got it all. Oh, sorry, I get fired up. I mean, it was it was still. Did you have you seen the film? No, More no. Than, I don't watch films. Oh, okay. <laughs> you don't clap. I don't clap. Have you seen it, Sonia? No. Well, do yourself a favor and watch the David Suchet adaptation of Murder on the Orient Express. Much better. All right. Let that be a lesson to the rest of you. Uh, Claire Hooper loves uh, Poirot as well. Does she? Oh. And Maggie Luke as well. I didn't know. Huge Agatha Christie fan. They're both like massive fans of it. And I like she, the yeah. name Poirot. It's such Poirot. a Hercule Poirot. Poirot. It's such a great name. <laughs> I think if I have a dog, I'm going to name it Poirot. Oh. Well. My car, I've named my car. I've got a black car and he's a uh, black mustache. So I yeah. called it Poirot. But it's really not taking off. No, no, no other people are referring to the car no, as Poirot. No, no, no. Sometimes yeah. a good car, good car name, people can refer to it as that. But not this one. Poirot. No one. You've really lost it. Yeah. Yeah. Get it back together. <laughs> now I'm just clapping for no reason. Uh, and the final uh, chapter is a letter to Utterson from Henry Jekyll. It's called Henry Jekyll's Full Statement of the Case. And uh, basically this is about a third of the book but I can sum it up very quickly. But when you're reading the book, you're like, wow, this one chapter is a third of the whole entire book. Before, wow. The ten chapters beforehand. Wow. Pale in comparison. Uh, but Because it, it starts with his early life. He was born into a wealthy family. He was very respected throughout his whole life. He, however, this is Dr. Jekyll, had a hidden side to him, indulging in things that are not revealed, but we assume would have ruined his good name should people have found out about them. Sordid affairs. Mm. He acted on, on his darker side, but Better always... Writing. Pardon? Letter writing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. He acted on his darker side, but he always felt the guilt of having a two-sided life. He writes in the letter that man is not truly one, but truly two, implying that we all have a dark side and that he wanted to separate the two sides from, from another. Through a combination of spiritual and scientific studies, he discovered a way to do this by combining some chemicals. Huh. He knew it was risky and he experimented on himself and he found that when he took the potion, he turned into an even smaller <laughs> and deformed man named Mr. Hyde <laughs> that he understood represented all the evil in him. He described this other self as being... There's nothing t- more evil than short man. <laughs> yeah. The Take shorter, that short man. The shorter, the more evil. Yeah. I'm quite short and, and I'm you're, quite evil. You're very evil. <laughs> he described this other self as being 10 times as evil as the Dr. Jekyll that everyone knew and loved. Well, okay. 10 times. Wow. Hyde was also a younger man and he uh, enjoyed reliving his youth and acting on his depraved impulses. And when he turned back into Dr. Jekyll, unlike before, he felt no guilt as he figured that was someone else doing those bad things, not him. So he could separate himself Mm. and blame that guy. Everything seemed to be going fine until one night he awoke and he had transformed into Mr. Hyde without even taking the potion. He was worried that if he kept giving the potion to himself and giving in to himself, he would uh, eventually become more Hyde than Jekyll. Wow. So he decided. He's just an alcoholic. 
maybe he's just drinking a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what this is about. The potion was methylated spirits. Yeah. He's getting hammered. <laughs> and and give, give yourself a break. You have a couple of drinks, man. It's all right, dude. Yeah. We but... all make mistakes when you're drunk. There's nothing wrong. <laughs> we all look very ugly. Yeah. And disfigured. Yeah, it's so basically it's just him slur- slurring and stomping and falling on the ground yeah. and people are like, God, this, this is a different man. Yeah. Uh, he decided to stop taking the potion, though, because he's worried it's going to turn into him forever. There was a two-month period when ev- uh, that's the two-month period was everyone was very friendly with each PA. other. Potions are not <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so he's, he's got two months. Everyone's hanging out. He doesn't take the potion. He's living his life. But one night he gave in to his impulses and again took it. And this time when he turned into Mr. Hyde, he'd repressed his evil for so long that Hyde went wild, and that's when he beat Carew to death with a cane. Right. So he's like, oh, God, if I hold it back, the more evil it becomes and he finally becomes him. He then turned back into Hyde involuntarily and had to start taking the potion to turn back into Jekyll. So now it's the other way around. Wow. He couldn't go out as Hyde as he was a wanted murderer, so that's why he wrote to Dr. Lanyon to ask him to break into the lab and steal the drawer full of potions to give to him. Remember, three from the top, three from the bottom, and he got the right drawer. (laughs) Uh, He had to take the potion every six hours or he would turn back into Mr. Hyde. And that's what had happened the night when he was leaning out the window and he saw Artisan and suddenly had a look of terror on his face. One, because he was having diarrhea, and two, because he was turning into Mr. Hyde. Yeah. He'd run out of ingredients for the potion, so he sent out for more, only to discover the new ingredients didn't work. He thought he had he a strange batch. That oh. his batch of, uh, of ingredients <clears throat> was different and he couldn't get, do it anymore. So he knew he and would. He still didn't have any time to go get some clothes. He was still wearing the big clothes. <laughs> yeah, he was remember that. He's wearing big clothes the whole time. <laughs> he's got like his sleeves are coming over his hands. And he looks like a little kid wearing his dad's jacket the whole time. He's trying to like do his chemistry. It's very hard to be taken seriously like yeah. that. <laughs> but the butler still did everything he asked. All right, this big kid's telling me to do it. He's inside the, <laughs> the room where I have to do it. All right. All right. So he soon knew he would be Mr. Hyde forever. So he took his final dose so we could write the letter to Artisan, which is what we're reading right now. His final words in the letter and the final words of the book are about speculating what will happen when he turns into Hyde permanently and what will happen to Mr. Hyde. This is the final line of the book. Will Hyde die upon the scaffold? So will he be hanged or will he find courage to release himself at the last moment? Take his own life. God knows I am careless. This is my true hour of death. And what is to follow concerns another than myself. Here then, as I lay down the pen and as I proceed to seal up my confession, I bring the life of that unhappy Henry Jekyll to an end. And that is the end of the book. The last finish. Just like at the end of a Pyro episode. You You didn't see that coming, did you? Except from when I told you that the book that we were doing. Yep. Yeah. And that every person has talked about this book for so long, you can never enjoy it. And that's the problem. That's why I don't talk about books. You ruin them. This is what happens. Well, basically, this show is all about ruining books. But yeah. this one was already ruined this by ruined. You already yes. knew. by 130 years of popular culture. Exactly. exactly. But were there, were there parts in there that you, because I was reading this, and I still I did quite enjoy it, even though I obviously didn't knew the twist. There were bits in there that I was surprised at that I didn't know were. Yeah, I thought yeah. he would have gone done more. Kill. I thought like as soon as you turn to Mister Hyde, you just you're just crazy and you're going to kill everyone. There's no stopping him. But it sounds like he was pretty reasonable. You could chat to him. You could you know ask him for yeah, money. Yeah, basically, he got grabbed back and they said, "Hey, we're going to ruin your career." And he's Give me hundred bucks. He's like, yeah, all right. You would think go. that usually, like if you're a full psychopath, you'd be like, "Well, I'm going to kill you all. I don't well, care about my." The reputation. way he was portrayed in popular culture from then on, it was like he, he turned into a complete a monster. monster. Yeah, and you can't stop him. But it's not like that. He was just more of like a just a different man, just who was a bit crazy. 
Yeah. You know, he was he was more closer to like your friend who's like, oh yeah, he's a good guy, but when he gets drunk, he's just annoying. Yeah, basically, it's just a bad drunk. Mm-hmm. He's a bad drunk. The whole thing is about drinking, obviously. Um, don't mix drinks. Don't mix drink. Don't mix drinks. Drink responsibly. Are we talking about these are the themes of the book? Obviously, the themes of the book. Yeah. And just go for a good walk. Find a friend who loves to walk and that's enough for you. Yeah, that'll be the jewel in your week. That's the jewel in the week. <laughs> Holding hands and going for a big old walk and then seeing people and just saying give them, give them money. Give money to that girl. That's what yeah. you did back then. All right. <laughs> if you break into someone's house, third draw down. Third draw third down. Draw up, third draw up. That's where all the good shit is. Yeah. That's the good well, if stuff. Well, if you're going to get someone, give them both ways to go because who knows which way people count draws. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, uh, yeah. I mean, you could have said the middle draw. Yeah, but, but middle of what? Yeah. You know, <laughs> that could be anything. <laughs> like the middle of, of from the sides, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, oh, think about I see it. it. It's like yeah. a draw that is in line with the middle of my body. Yeah, <laughs> my belly it. button. Is the belly yeah. button draw? Or my knees? Am I looking at knees? Could be anything. That's why. Third draw up, third draw down. Be specific. You're never wrong. That's a theme of the story. So at the end, of, at the end of the story, I always ask the guests to give it a score out of five. As you, as you've heard that story there, that version of Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, out of five, what what would you give it? Do you think it is worthy of its classic status? Oh, it's tricky to say. Yeah, because we'd already know so much context and yeah. reference. Yeah. Well, I think it is because of how often it's been referenced. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an yeah. You, you that and Treasure ob- Island is still like, you know, works that people parody, yeah. use yeah. all the time. You feel obliged to, to, to give it a high score because it's like it's had such a cultural impact and, and that was the first time. That would have been such a shock at the time, but it's just not a shock anymore. I can't even appreciate it. There's no way to appreciate this book I'm anymore. I'm going to go two and a half down, two and a half up. Oh, okay. <laughs> right in the middle. Two so, and a half from the, from the bottom two and, and two and a half from the top. Oh, that's yeah. great. So two and a half. Yeah. Two and a half out of five? In the middle. Um, How about you, Zay? What are you thinking? Well, I'm going to give it. Uh, um, like, I can't. No, I can't score it. I, I can't. enjoyed the stomping. I can't. Let's just. Yeah, the stomping was great. So I can't. Hard. What I, did you enjoy? No, he's Mr. Hyde. I'll be Mr. I didn't. That's I mean. the thing. I didn't enjoy it, but I know I didn't enjoy it because I knew the whole time what it was about. <laughs> so the whole thing is not exciting to listen to. It's not a mystery. It's not a mystery when you know it. You just keep wanting to shake every character's button and go, they're the same person. So it's no longer, it's 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 like take any, you know, if I watched all the usual suspects and I knew the whole time the twist of that, and I won't give it away because if you haven't seen it. I haven't seen it, so please. I definitely won't. And you just got to go watch it. But if you knew the whole time, it's a boring, boring, boring film. It's all, that's the problem. So I will, I will not score it. Wow, so that's you're the first person to ever refuse to score. I refuse. You refuse to score. I refuse to score this book. Xavier only does things that letters tell him. Yeah, yeah. If you write me a letter and ask me to score it, maybe I'll reply to that letter. That okay. Well, I I will do that, and then I will publish the reply that I I demand you send to me. All right, and then I'll publish a long ass letter. I'm going to see if you can even finish it. I'm going (laughs) to I'm going to try and make it as long as the third chapter of Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. It's so long. All right, we'll get ready. It's just so long. (laughs) I would I would give it a score of uh, three and a half out of five. So we 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 average a three then, Sonia. You've read it. Yes, and I did did read, and it's quite a quick read for people. If you do want to, especially the chapters where a year passes. <laughs> yeah, oh, that <laughs> year that was my favorite year in the whole book. I've got to say, yeah, yeah. Right. that was quite enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, before we go, I do a thing on here where uh, we have some Patreon supporters for uh, my this podcast, Book Cheat, as well as uh, Do Go On, my other. 
Thank you. So I do go on, which I did with Matt, uh, Matt and Jess, and then also Matt's other podcast, Primates. We, we've got one one channel if people want to su- support all three of those shows you can go to patreon.com slash do go on pod and i get people to that uh, support the show to tell me their favorite book and why they like it and i read out a few of those at the the end of the show so if you wouldn't mind i'm going to read out a couple to you now and you can mm-hmm. judge their choices mm-hmm. yes maritz remuta is that a book or a person that is a name how good is that name remitz remuta Rem- is, is this person a character in dr jekyll and mr hyde <laughs> it's, it's it sounds like what danvers was danvers. That, what a name Firstborn son, you mark it. Secondborn, Moritz. Thirdborn, Poirot. <laughs> Fourthborn, Mr. Guest. <laughs> uh, Moritz Remuda told me that uh, their favourite book is Lord of the Rings because of the feelings I get whenever I read it, see the movies, or even think about it. Huh. Oh, he doesn't specify the feelings? No. Who knows if they're positive or negative? Yeah, yeah that's I right. I love being filled with yeah. rage. Yeah, some people just love to hate. Yeah. That's true. Mr. Hyde, for example. Yeah. I imagine he's watching hate films. Or maybe he's got like a ring phobia, so it's mm. like a horror film. Yeah. No, oh, no. Oh, no. I don't care about the orcs, but the ring that's on his fingers. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know how that goes. I, I will not watch the films or read the books. Whoa. No, All that's right. not true. I've definitely watched the films. All right. I've tried to read the books, but... A lot of description, a lot, lot, of, of, lot description, of singing, a lot of singing, a lot of plant There's life no described. A year goes by. Yeah, I want a year to go by. And yeah, then let's yeah. Get on a year to goes it. by. Don't tell me. Don't describe that that uh, droplet of water for four pages. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Canordy Ball. This is highbrow. I don't know if you've heard of this. Uh, Canordy Ball's favorite book is probably the Doctor Seuss Green Eggs and Ham. Ah. I don't read that much. <laughs> Thank you, Canordy. Love <laughs> Thank you for taking the time. Thank you so to much. Let us know. <laughs> Uh, and finally, Daryl Finlan. Thanks for the support, Daryl. Daryl's favourite book is a tough one, he writes, but probably... Because because <laughs> he left it in the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the no, ultimate... cut all the pages out. You cut all the pages out. It's very hard to read. Hard, yeah. Well, that's the ultimate hiding place, I reckon. If you cut the pages out, put whatever you need, your contraband in there, then put it in the freezer. freezer. No one's reading no that. No one's opening that book. He wants to hide ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Secret shame. Uh, Daryl's favourite book is probably Foundation by Isaac Asimov. Oh. I have not heard of this. Isaac Asimov is a science fiction writer. And also he he set up the rules for robots, I'm pretty sure. He was the one who who had that book where it's like a robot will not harm a human. Didn't you do iRobot? Because I just knew a fact about him, which was um, he's the only author or the first author to be published in... Every major category of the Dewey Decimal System. Wow. So you know how they categorise books with different numbers with yeah. the Dewey Decimal System. So he'd written something in all those fiction, non-fiction. What's his most famous things? book? The Foundation series. Does that include here. iRobot or am I completely wrong? Also, the Galactic Empire series and the Robot series. Does that include iRobot? Now we're just Googling. We're just trying to... Oh, no. Yes, it is. It's a... Uh, based on a series of short stories or essays called iRobot ah. by Isaac Asimov. Oh, and it sets up the rules for, 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 he says, robots will not harm people, robots will um, not, and, but then one robot does, and then it's like robot rights. And, yeah, it's really uh, stuff. Yeah. Oh, very, very cool. So, I only know that through watching documentaries about science fiction, not actually reading its books. Because um, I will You'll not read. I'll You'll get to them. them. Guys, it's fine. On this show, we respect people that don't actually read, don't but actually read. just use another medium to it's pretend even worse. they read. I've got so many books at home. I've got like a, a copy of Infinite Jest, which just stares at me every day. Like, come on, read me. I'm like, oh. It's so long. Oh, it's so dense. God damn it. It's so long. Yeah. People suggest I read it for the show and I say, To be honest, no I way. don't think I'm ever in the mood where I'm thinking, I'm going to read a robot book. That's true. No. It's a re- 
I don't. What are the I rules think, I think people, I think around people, robots? What are the robot rules? To this guy? <laughs> but you, when you read other books, do you go, I'm in the mood to read a book about romance. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Not that I read romance. I never think of that. I never sort of go, I'm in a mood to read a book about a guy who used to do the tattoos um, in Nazi Germany. Uh, but I've got that book. I'm going to read it. Yeah. But I don't you're go. Not I'm in a mood. When in you're it. like want to have a leisurely day yeah. and relax. No, that's know? true. Have you noticed how much more energetic we are now that the air conditioner's yeah. on? <laughs> <laughs> I honestly feel like I was asleep for a while. <laughs> it yeah, was sorry to everyone hard. listening at home. If Slash we really, out. if our energy went real down, I mean, it was the same jokes we're going to make anyway, just said a lot slower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess, he's, I guess he's got diarrhea. <laughs> People I mean, appreciate the longer the episode, the better. So they like that. They like that out there. That's why you keep it warm in here. Yeah. For a nice long one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that does pretty much bring us to the end of, of the show. Thank you so much for joining me on, on Book Cheat this week. Thank, you. Thank you. Appreciate Dave. you coming along. Now, Zave, you've got a, a great show that's also recorded in this hot room, uh, mm-hmm. the Kentucky Fried Chatton podcast. i got Kentucky Fried Chatton. Please listen. We've gone through every single item on the KFC menu. So what's coming up next? Every, well, we've finished them. We've done all of them. So we're working out what will happen next. But stay tuned because it could be something big. Or it could be something not big. Oh. But it could be something huge. Um, also, please, uh, Little Scamps is something else I film in here, and that's a, um, a YouTube, YouTube channel, Dog Hello, me and Ben Russell, and we review Little Scamps, little animals, little cats and bats. That's and, cute. And we just review them. <laughs> um, and then also just check out. It's fun. It's very funny. It's lots of fun. It's fun. And then also just check out my normal YouTube channel, xavermichaelides.com. I've got more videos coming out there. Um, there's Fantastic. one where I like I, I put a face on a piece of wood, and, and you know check your, it out. Your face swap videos are legendary. Face swap, face swaps. I mean, but that's I can't do that anymore though. Like now it's just an app. But still, if people go check it out, it's yeah. very. You, it's, it took me so Tinder. long to do, and then an app came out where you can do it really easy. You're like, oh god, god damn it. But this feels like they are so, so funny. Definitely worth checking out. And I'll link to all that stuff in the description of this episode. Now, uh, Sonia, coming up to the Melbourne International Comedy Festival time later this Sweet. month. Don't want yes. to freak you out, but Correct. it's coming up so quick. It's okay. I was already freaked out. <laughs> oh. Oh, but you're doing a, a genuine state can't of freak me more. Yeah. <laughs> but tell us about your fun, fun show. My fun, fun show is called Glory Box, and I'm performing every single night of the comedy festival except for Tuesdays. Who needs um, Tuesdays? Yeah, no tight asses can come. Um, but, uh, and I'm performing at the Coopers Inn in the city at 8.40 and it's going to be a fun show at a very fun venue. Great. At a fun, fun hour. And it's a great fun, fun um, hour. Yeah, yes. poster image as well with all the pom-poms. Yes. It's very funny. It's it very, is. very cool. My dumb face on it. And lots and lots of colour. <laughs> God. Is that, is that supposed to be like a glory box, like when you have a glory box for when you get married Save. or something? Save for oh, all the great stuff. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That's and what the, the pom-poms child is, is like on. someone's put that in there for like, this is what I'm going to wear when I'm sure, a married, married definitely. woman. definitely. Absolutely. That's what I read into God. it. Thought has gone Such a into... deep, deep poster. Wow. It is a deep poster. Made me think. I thought as much about the poster as um, when that dude came up with the character, <laughs> Mr. Guess. Yeah, Mr. <laughs> Guess. Oh, I'll change that later. He never did. Never bothered. If he's Sorry. Mr. Hyde, then I'll be Mr. Look at him. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, he's reading it to his wife. It's not working. He wears like Jekyll and Hyde, not Mr. Doctor and Hyde. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor and Hyde. <laughs> 
Also, I didn't realize that Mr. Hyde was so small. I always thought he he was bigger than Dr. Jekyll. Yeah, I think that's the problem. Every time he's yeah, on he films, he's big yeah, and scary. Yeah. He's got really long fingers and like crazy eyes. In this, he's just like a short long dude. Fingers. A short man clubbing around. Mm. Yeah, stumping he's just around. like a short, stumpy man. It's like it's just like one of those like you know when you like you're walking down Sydney Road, there's an old dude who doesn't see you, and he sort of pushes you past a bit, and then he goes, oh, "I'm sorry, I didn't see you there." <laughs> that's what I thought it was. It's just like nothing I'm scared of. I'm just like it's just an old man who couldn't see me huh. properly. I I just thought the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Right. Yes. Immediately. I'm imagining that too. Yeah. All right. Sorry, this is a conversation we had before, yeah. before you, you tried to wind the whole thing up. <laughs> no, no, no. Little, We're uh, going back in, yeah, baby. A little, little postscript. Yeah. Cut, cut this out and put it in the middle. <laughs> uh, so definitely check out uh, all Zonia. Zonia. This is like, sorry, Zonia. this is like the book. We're doing a letter about what happened previously. Yes. <laughs> you need to go back to work out what we were thinking. It's all we're just too tired to talk about because it was so hot in here. <laughs> Dear Xavier, now that the air conditioner's working, <laughs> talk about the book more. Uh, but, yeah, that is the end of the episode. Basically, if you want to get in contact at any time with myself, it's Book Cheat uh, Pod on all the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Always putting up little stuff there. And bookcheatpod at gmail.com. I've got an email. Write me an email or a letter. Yeah. But I will not give out my address. Mm. Not just yet. And tell him when he has to read it. Yeah. <laughs> He'll obey those yeah. rules. Oh, I'd love to publish a letter and send it to someone and say, only read this after I die. And then the, the whole time, they're like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then I die and inside. It's something. They don't, yeah. they don't know. Thanks for obeying the rules. Yeah. It'd be great if you get a series of emails. But you've got to read them <laughs> according to what it says in the emails. Well, you could give out. So you send someone an email and it links to another email and you give the password and it says, only after I die, log into this email and check the inbox and see. Yeah, another email. Yeah, I'd be checking that right away. Yeah, yeah, me too. Guaranteed. I'd be losing that email. I'd be losing. Or I'd be killing the person so I could just check it. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they died. I needed to know. I didn't want to break the rules. Yes. Not crazy. Yeah. Uh, but that is that is it. That is it. Thank you so much for for joining me. And until next week, uh, I will say, books forever. Yay! Book, 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 book. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.